0: You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. AUG HD2 Northport and W265 CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A
1: Townsquare media station. Alabama, first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston.
0: He's got a hole. He's over.
1: Touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. Uh, I can still see you playing that fullback knocking those players out of out of the way, and I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to summer and you were playing fullback up there, and I saw you in the weight room and watched, it, watched the watch work out in the weight room. At least to think that you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room.
2: Welcome to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 on your radio dial, the Martin Houston Show, also streaming on the Martin Houston Radio Network at Martin Houston fan page uh, on Facebook, Martin J. Houston personal page, uh, Alabama Tradition, Tide 109, X's and O's sports, uh, all broadcasting live right now. You can tune into those channels each and every day. As you go throughout your day. Also, you have the option to watch live and or go back and watch them playback on YouTube at Martin Houston Live as well as follow us on Twitter at Martin Houston35. We'd love to have you like, follow, and share from those various outlets. Also, you're welcome to chat us up from those as well and get in on the conversation. Uh, we'll read your comments uh, on the air. Uh, just like a phone call. So please, uh, if you're out there listening on one of those outlets, please let us hear from you. Ask your questions, uh, make your statements, make your comments, get your thoughts, because this is the Martin Houston Show with Martin and Xavier on Top 109, the Sound of Bama Sports, your show, your team. Also, you can always call us on the Alabama 1 hotline at 205-342-990-4205-342 nine nine zero four the alabama one hotline is open for business remember that this is the day that the lord has made so let's rejoice and be glad in it take some time today to notice someone love someone serve someone be the difference you want to see in the world today good morning x how you doing sir good morning i'm doing good how are you All right. That uh, sounds really, really good. I'm doing great. Cannot complain. Found out nobody cares if you do. So, uh, I mean, we had a great, great conversation yesterday. Kind of took on a life of his own um, as we were talking about Najee Harris and his conversation um, with Nick Saban or or regarding Nick Saban and him leaving the university. And, uh, you know, we, I think it, it, was, it was actually running on two tracks. One was about the respect and how kids give respect and all of that stuff, and and um and I think you're gonna have a pretty pretty distinct um age generation gap on how that's viewed as a whole. Uh, but uh, you know, to me, one of those things, respect is respect, uh, and and it shouldn't be generational. Uh, And I think some of that comes from parenting and the way kids are raised and um, part of the reason we have some of the issues we have today. And um, I never forget one of them, a pastor acquaintance of mine one time was preaching a message, Xavier, and he was talking about how he was raised. He's a little older than me, not much, but uh, he was preaching about how he was raised. And the audience was like, hey, man. Amen, and he was talking about this younger generation and how they didn't do things, and then he stopped and he said, "Yeah, our our mom and dad taught us. What did y'all do with your kids?" And the audience went went quiet <laughs> because what they were hmm. they were complaining about the the, the uh, how how the kids were responding, but it was their kids. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so he pointed out uh, if the kids. It, you know, we didn't grow up and, and do act the way we did because we were some great generation. Uh, we we grew that way because our parents held us accountable and did not try to make things necessarily better for us without the expense of accountability and responsibility. And then the other side of that uh, conversation, of course, X, was uh, just Nick Saban and, and how he responds to different players different ways and – and and it could have came across that I was saying Nick Saban plays favorites only. Sometimes I think he does go after players because of their talent. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I also think Nick Saban goes after players as we were going off the air. Uh, I think Nick Saban goes after players based on whether or not he thinks he can reach them. It's sort of like if you're a teacher at school or you work with youth at at church as a pastor, or you work with youth as a football coach, which I've done um, several of those different things. When you know that you have a parental support um, and that if you're hard on a kid and push a kid, you know uh, whether or not you're going to have the support of that parent or not. And it makes you go in more uh, intentional in trying to continue to reach that kid. You don't ever want to give up on any kid, but um, if you know that that parent's going to support you, uh, then you're more apt to to pursue that kid, even when they, you know, maybe make a mistake or go out of bounds, et cetera. So, your thoughts on that, and then we'll move into a couple other things this morning.
3: Yes, when you look at how Coach Saban can go after someone, else, that's kind of what we ended it on yesterday and that might be the difference in a guy like uh, a Jai Hall and a, a guy like Najee Harris he, everybody knew that not only did Najee have his mom pushing for him to be better and do better but he had old coaches that told him hey don't quit stay there you know fight through the hard times and things of that nature and a guy like a Jai it was more of you know his dad being one of his biggest enablers and that's never going to work out well in the grand scheme of things because you don't have you don't have that ability to to correct when he can go back home and hear hey you're not doing anything wrong you're perfect you just keep doing what you're doing no matter if it's detrimental or
2: not yeah, we all remember what Tua said, right? <laughs> Just a few months a month or so ago that he was calling like after week one uh of uh of Lord Jim and asking his dad to check and see if they still had a scholarship at USC. So uh and to his dad, you no, know, no no son, you need to buckle down uh and, and do your job. So it definitely makes a huge difference. Uh uh, what happens at home and how they do it. Anyway, hey, a couple of quick things um thought interesting um uh that uh, backup quarterback at Alabama signing a big deal um roll back uh NIL deal. Uh so and and, and I, I love the, the the creativity. This is uh has been known traditionally as a uh, golf apparel Uh, but they're expanding into, uh, I guess, the football world, et cetera. Will Anderson and Bijou Robinson are kind of their cornerstone guys, but they uh, inked a deal uh, with uh, Jalen Milrow. Pretty smart, right? Getting ahead of the game. Uh, Who's the most talked about guy on the field, Xavier Mason?
1: The backup quarterback.
2: Yep, usually, uh, but, you know, maybe maybe not with Bryce Young and former Heisman, but, yeah, but usually it's the backup quarterback, so a good deal getting him. But I think maybe, guys, did it Bryce Young potentially uh, just hit a home run, possibly the best potential deal for him in the long term uh, with signing with no bull? Hey, are you familiar with that deal he signed? I don't,
3: I'm not familiar with the company, but I did see the reports of the deal.
2: Did you I, Mason? You see, Yeah. See I, who I, is?
3: I think this
4: is probably one of the biggest, most kind of, uh, most impressive deals I've seen any player sign, you know, across the country. i Noble, you know, now they I don't, for anyone that does not know any of our listeners that might not be aware, Noble now is the official combine sponsor of the NFL. So basically, instead of wearing Under Armour gear or New Era gear that they wore last year, players at the combine are going to be wearing this brand Noble and they signed a deal with Bryce Young. They're trying to get in on this NIL. So, I think it's huge. I mean, the the possibilities there are pretty much endless.
2: Yeah, you you think about this. What's the transition point for every big-time NFL player? the combine the combine what do NIL deals not let you do sign an ongoing deal right yeah so 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 the deal that Bryce Young signed can't automatically does not automatically transfer to the NFL right is the yeah. but but the combine is an NFL gig Bryce Young will transition from being a college athlete. Do you think the next week that Noble is gonna say, um, "Well, you know what, Bryce, we really don't want to keep you on our brand," <laughs> or are they gonna have a contract already waiting on Bryce that 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 when they get up there that Noble not only are they not only are they gonna be on the combine guy, they're gonna be at least on the back of the guy who is one of the projected – at the start of the combine, if Bryce Young plays well, he will be one of the projected overall number one picks based on how teams trade, move around, et cetera. Boom. So th- who they're going to get all types of additional press coverage. And how much are they going to get this season as this season goes along? You know, so hey, if you think about yes. that for a second, I mean, this guy – this may be one. I don't know what he gets from the deal, but when you project forward, I think that that he is going to. Uh, this will be one of his money money makers that will translate from college to the to the NFL. So, um, kudos to, to both of those guys. Uh, coming back on the other side, uh, we will. We can talk about uh, alcohol, stadium, at the stadium, uh, worst take of the week. Of course, we have recruiting in the third quarter. Uh, we'll talk about that. We're probably going to talk about the AP poll on, on tomorrow. Alabama sitting atop top of that again. And uh, uh, Nick Saban's streak of being number one at some point in the season. How impressive is that? Is that as impressive as his six titles at the Crimson Tide, uh, all of that and more. I want to remind you that uh, tomorrow, I mean tonight, <laughs> Empowerment Ministries uh, is presenting, awakening our weekly, I mean weekly, our monthly worship service, community-wide worship service at the link, 610 Watermelon Road. I invite you to come out and join us in person at 16 Watermelon Road. If you can't join us in person Invite you to join us online at Empowerment Ministries uh, at our Awakening Service at six thirty, and we'll end today's show with Scotty Hollins, the Empowerment Ministry Christian Moment of the Week. Tide one hundred point nine traffic. From the towns of Nissan,
1: traffic's and everything pretty quiet on the roadways as we start our Thursday morning. Of course, if you do see conditions, give me a call, 205-886-8886. Hey, have you registered for the blood drive this Friday at towns Townsend Nissan from 1230 to 430? Go to towns Townsend Nissan Facebook page and register. All blood types are needed, so come and help out. I'm Captain Ray. Uh-huh. Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A mixture of clouds
0: and sunshine today. Scattered showers and storms possible through tonight. The high today 84. Tonight's low 71. Bile cloudy at times with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms during the day. The high at 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: Scott Smith and Softmark Design doing business for 17 plus years. Specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing promotional products advertising specialties and so much more basically any and everything you would need to advertise promote and grow your business through strong partnerships strong customer service and creative ideas they'll help you market and grow your business give scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at SoftMarkDesign.com.
0: It's time for the Martin Houston Show. With the same hard-hitting, no-nonsense approach in which he played the game, Martin will take you inside the locker room, down on the field, and across the goal line with his in-depth analysis.
2: Welcome back into the Martin Houston show on Tide 100.9. Uh, got a great show lined up for you. Want to get you in on the conversation. Let us know what you're thinking. If you got a recruiting question, go ahead and get it ready. If you're on, uh, one of the social media outlets on the radio network, please just type in your question and we'll have it ready and teed up for Hank. Um, X ex- real quick, um, the uh we were taking the worst take uh yesterday. We didn't get to get to it um and get you guys thoughts. Uh Herb Street said it somewhere. I did not hear Herb Street directly, but Jim Weber uh re uh tweeted it and said he's he's with Herb Street saying that the college football playoff championship game uh uh is a um circumstance and situation that should be held at the Mecca of college football and he said the Rose Bowl I know yesterday Curtis Lewis quickly jumped on that and said uh, absolutely not but what are your thoughts um, when it comes to the uh, two questions I guess Uh, (laughs) first of all should the game be in one spot and and what makes them think that that's the mecca of college football?
3: Yeah, I, I would know. Uh, excuse me. Uh, if I would consider any one place the mecca of college football, because at the end of the day, I think where you grew up and who you root for can determine that. You know, especially through our lifetimes, if you grew up on the West Coast or things like that, then, yeah, the Rose Bowl is probably the Mecca of college football. But you know, if you grew up down here watching the SEC play, you know, things the ACC biggies, you, I would look at the Sugar Bowl just because of the relevance it's had in Alabama history and SEC history and what it means to the conference. So really depending on where you grew up could determine on what you consider the Mecca of college football.
2: Uh, yeah, and, and and Curtis Lewis yesterday said that if, if it was out there, no one, there'd be no fan support. And he came back today and said the game should never be west of Dallas. Uh let let, let me let me give you uh an example, X. You know why the Rose Bowls matters? Tell me, tell me a, a relevant game the Rose Bowl has had or would have had, would have had in the last 20 years in your lifetime if they had not had the BCS in college football playoffs? I, I, when was the I, last I, time a Big Ten team ended the season number one and um, and or a Pac-12 team ended the season number one? Uh,
3: Big Ten would be 2015 with – Ohio State and Pac-12 well it would have been the Pac-10 at the time would have been USC 2004
2: something like that my point is in the last 20 years if the Rose Bowl got its name Mason if you you agree uh, you can disagree if you want but because of some of the games it held and the publicity right Uh, Of 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 television and and all of that, uh, in 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 the market that it's in, and the fact that the Big Ten and the Pac-10 at the time had the biggest TV draws outside of the East Coast of the New York, and there there really hadn't been a lot of great football come out of that particular area. Let's think about this. When I came along, the number the, the the Sugar Bowl was played in New Orleans. New Orleans easily if that was still the case would have hosted the number 1 team playing against whoever virtually every season for <laughs> for the last 20 years, right? The only reason it's not in New Orleans virtually every year is because they move the championship game around. So if anybody would be able to claim a Mecca, it would have to be a facility in the South. Would you agree? With the way Mecca, thinking about what Mecca is, if nobody knows what Mecca is, Mecca is over in the Middle East where Muslims go uh, on their pilgrimage and and where they pray to. So uh, a place of of prayer for them. So you, you see what I'm saying? So it's the center of their religion. So the center of college football is where, guys, the South. Yes, the South. So, uh, Mason, I didn't give you a chance to respond to my Rose Bowl comment. Go ahead.
4: I mean, I pretty much agree with everything you and X both said. I think it's <clears> – <throat> when you look at college football fandom, you know, it's it's such a regional thing. And when you start to go farther and farther west, you know, you see less and less fans, in my opinion. So, I think it would be a – I think it would be a foolish decision to to make the game permanently out there.
2: Yeah, and, and, and then on top of that, what what – in relevancy, you know, <laughs> I guess if you're going by tradition, the Rose Bowl may be the granddaddy of them all. But other than the ch- national championship game, if it wasn't for the college football game, playoffs, there, there's there's only uh, – Ohio State has finished the top of the heap in the last 20 years, maybe a couple times, because back in the day before college football playoffs and before – BCS, the number one team went to whatever its league was associated with. Um, you know, you see what I'm saying? So so the, none of those games, only, like I said, only a couple of those games would have ended up out there, and then they would have ended up playing uh, a, probably, uh, with the uh, Pac-10, they would end up playing a team that was in the bottom half of the top 10, or not even in the top 10, a lot of times, were the, were Anybody growing up in the last 20 years would have seen game after game between Alabama and whoever, Georgia and whoever, Florida and whoever, LSU and whoever. <laughs> you know, there, there have been uh, – and, 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 and even though I, I, it kind of puts a little throw up in my mouth, Auburn and whoever uh, a couple times in the last <laughs> – Last few years and in the one time that uh, uh, the last time I think you said USC uh, wasn't that the year that Auburn also went um, like 13 and 0. Uh, Yeah, the last the last undefeated SEC team that wasn't considered for a national title uh, would be Auburn. And that's a 20 year plus run, man. I mean, you know, uh, so it's crazy to think that anybody would suggest anything other than the south as the mecca of college football uh so that's that's my worst take of the week you guys have anything you wanna uh, uh throw in there uh in terms of worst take of the week or, or any other comments on that before i move on
3: no i think that one takes the <laughs> takes the cake on the so it's pretty bad
4: i would agree with that because that one's pretty egregious
2: yeah, pretty pretty bad. Now, now let me ask you this quick, and we we won't stay on this long before we get to recruiting. Uh, the when you look at uh, uh, Feinbaum, I, I I'm gonna put he he here's my other alternative that I thought about. Feinbaum still beating a dead horse talking about Nick Saban was wrong on um on rebuilding last year because he was the number one team. Um. Last year, coming out of the, the polls, uh, I mean, coming out at the start of the year uh, and, and Feinbaum still trying to get, you know, I guess, clicks or views or whatever. Uh, his, his take on Nick Saban making excuses and whining uh, is, is is was a pretty bad take because he, he said this already. And I like Stephen A calling them out on it. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw any of that exchange or not. Your thoughts real quick.
3: I didn't see the exchange. I saw the the initial tweet from Feinbaum ta- and talking about it. I mean, I, I'm sorry, any other school that lost what Alabama lost after the 2020 season with replacing them with a quarterback that had thrown 20 career passes, their top wide receiver coming in, having been the third option year before, your other wide receiver had 12 career catches. You had a running back who had never been the full-time starter. You were replacing three offensive linemen and then multiple players across that defense. You would call that a rebuild. Oh, and one of the wide receivers you were replacing was the Heisman Trophy.
2: And and the running back you replaced should have been at the Heisman and was all-time leading rusher and a touchdown getter. So uh, you were replacing as much... Uh um, you know, and, and if you think about Landon Dickerson, if he doesn't get hurt, he's first round. He was the second round pick while having a knee injury. So yeah. Anything anything on that real quick, Mason, before we get to Hank style for some recruiting news?
4: I mean once again I think I agree with pretty much everything y'all are saying. It's just it's 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 ridiculous for Feinbaum to to get this upset over Nick Saban saying that. Just look at the numbers, you know, look at look at who left the team, look at who left the program. It's pretty obvious that it was a rebuilding year.
2: Yeah. And and just because I tell somebody you get, you don't call I mean the whole poor purpose of rebuilding is to get the same result. Right? <laughs> so yeah. uh that, that's the whole and so if anything Nick Saban had a very successful rebuild year. He just didn't get the result that uh, we wanted, but the result of losing what he lost the year before uh, and getting what he got out of last year's team now puts us in a position where what? This is what a rebuild does. He just, he just kept us consistent last year, and now the rebuild – uh, two years later or a year later going into the second year should result in a national championship. That's what you call rebuilding. Uh, you can use rebuilding, retooling, replacing whatever. Nick Saban does it better than anybody. That's why he has been in the number one spot at some point, I think now for his 15th consecutive season. Um, or 16th, I mean, 14th consecutive season, something like that. I'll have to go back and look at 14 to 15. Um, 15. And 15, did he make it in his second year at one point? Yeah. Um, yep. Before the uh, SEC championship game. Yep. So, so that's what you call rebuilding every year, Paul Feinbaum. Come back on the other side. We're going to have some recruiting news with Hank South, 247 Sports. Bama's about to make more news. We'll tell you about it right here on the Martin Houston Show with Martin and Xavier.
0: This is a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update.
4: With your Tide Sports Update, I'm Mason Woods. Four-star defensive lineman Eldrick Hill out of Kansas City, Missouri, has moved his commitment date up to August 22nd. The rising senior recently announced his top six schools last week, which included Alabama, Oregon, LSU, USC, Missouri, and Oklahoma. Former Alabama offensive lineman Chris Owens has officially been waived by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Owens suited up at right tackle for the Tide last year and joined the Steelers as an undrafted free agent this offseason. Nick Saban announced Crimson Tide cornerback Eli Ricks has been dealing with a back injury since last Saturday's scrimmage. The former five-star prospect has missed practice this week, but the injury does not appear to be serious.
5: This
0: has been a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. For more info on these stories and more, download the Tide 100.9 app.
2: Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the
0: Sound of
2: Bama Sports. Your
0: show. Your team. The Martin Houston Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
2: All right. Welcome back into the Martin Houston show with Martin and Xavier on top 100.9. Remember Alabama one, Alabama org. Hey, listen, if you're looking for a great deal on an automobile, a uh, big truck, we got more bucks for your trucks. And if you're looking for a car, more cash for your car. Uh, if you're looking for a low interest rate, we can get it as low as 1.99 based on term and, uh, conditions and requirements being met or we can get 84 months on a used car and 96 on new course conditions do apply stop by one of our branch locations uh, and we'll help you or if you're tech savvy you can go to alabama1.org complete the online application in our virtual team virtual branch uh, will be there to assist you all right, it's now time for a little recruiting news, so i turn it over to you, X.
3: Yes, sir. We have Hank South of 247 Sports of Bama Online Recruiting joining us. How are you doing this morning, Hank? Hey, good morning, guys. I'm, I'm good. How are you all? Doing well, doing well. There's been a lot of news since the last time we talked. Uh, Kelby Collins, the four-star defensive lineman out of Gardendale, decided to go with Florida over Alabama. Uh, did he talk about what played into his decision? Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, I heard one
5: person talk about, uh, this wasn't from, from Kelby himself, but, but uh, one person I talked about said, you know, he kind of, it, it felt like Scooby Williams's recruitment uh, from a couple cycles back where, you know, Bama was thought to be the favorite, and you know, Ultimately, Florida kind of won him over, want him and his family over on visits. You know, he got that bug to to leave state, do something a little bit different. Um, you know, and I, I think he really just liked Billy Napier and and uh, and the defensive line coach and in that staff. Um, you know, I think that played a role in it as well. You know, there's a lot of buzz about NIL. I think that probably played a role in it as well. Also, um, so you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't think you know, compared to Peter Woods's recruitment, I, I think the door is still very much open for, um, for Alabama with Kelby Collins. You know, he's supposed to officially visit Bama for that Texas A&M game weekend. Um, you know, he's probably going to take some other visits. I think he has two more left, but, but Bama will get one of those. And, and I'm sure, you know, he'll be back more than once um, to Tuscaloosa this fall. So still a ways to go. Um, Florida's really going to have to push to, to keep him committed um, and, and eventually sign. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, you asked us six months ago for Peter Woods and, and Kelby Collins not going to be in this class, you know, we would have probably laughed a little bit, but uh, that's where we're at at this point. But Bama, has, uh, Bama definitely has a lot of targets left at that position, including Kelby Collins, so um, still plenty of time to go.
3: All right, and we have Pat joining us on the line. How
1: are you doing this morning, Pat? Good morning, Pat, uh, first off, uh, Hank, I like to talk about Keon Keeley, uh, decommitting from Notre Dame last night. Uh, no surprise to most people. Uh, and the possibility of being able to get David Hicks out of Texas, number one, number one, number two, who has semantics as to which one's the best edge rusher, but, uh, also getting a visit, an official visit to the University of Alabama. Uh, what's the latest on this?
5: Sounds
4: good. Y'all ready? Hello? Hey, Hank, we got you on now. Sorry about that.
5: Okay, cool. No problem. Okay, we're
4: back. Pat, go ahead and give that question one more time. Sorry, we had a little bit okay. of a technical issue. Right.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, we got, uh, the latest last night was Keyon Keeley decommitting de- from Notre Dame. I'm gonna, uh, and... Uh, I'm hearing that David Hicks is going to make an official visit to the University of Alabama uh, this fall, and uh, the semantics as to which one of them is the best edge rusher. Um, that is there a possibility that Nick could land both of these guys and a, and us having uh, what Martin Houston had back in 92 whenever uh, he had bookends? What do you yeah, think? there's absolutely... Um, a possibility. You know, I, I think David Hicks,
5: I think there's still a ways to go. Um, I think Bama's on the outside looking in right there. But, you know, if he follows through and takes an official visit, um, you know, the door's open. Crazier things have happened. Um, he's been to Tuscaloosa in the past. I believe he camped um, not this summer, but um, the summer of 2021. So, some familiarity there. Uh, he, he's close with Freddie Roach. Uh, they, they've been recruiting him um, pretty consistently throughout the whole cycle. So, um, he knows the staff. Um, obviously, he knows what Alabama offers. So, you know, uh, we'll see what happens there. I think Oklahoma, Texas State, and now I believe Oregon, those are some of the schools that, that he's looked at pretty seriously so far. But man, I think he has a top seven out right now. Bama's in it. So definitely um, in the mix. We'll see kind of what happens there once he gets on campus, if he gets on campus for a visit. Um, but Keon Keeley, you know, I, I'd be at, at this point, you know, I'm going to be surprised if he doesn't sign with Alabama. Um, you know, I think. Decommitting from Notre Dame last night um, was, was something we've waited on for a while. You know, we, we thought he would probably do it on Monday, but he waited until last night to go ahead and do it. But, you know, since he's been shown interest in Alabama, I took the visit at the end of July, also visited last January. You know, Bim has been that school pushing Notre Dame the most. And now that he's decommitted, um, you know, I, I think it, Bim is in the driver's seat pretty uh, pretty securely right now. And, you know, he's going to go visit Ohio State. Um, I think he's going to visit Florida at some point. Um, he's supposed to visit Alabama for the Alabama-Texas A&M game um, on an official. So uh, the staff will get him back on campus this fall. Um, but you know, at this point, you know, unless something changes here uh, in the next, you know, couple months, um, I'm going to be surprised if, if Bama doesn't sign Keon Keeley. All
3: right, Pat. Thanks for calling in on the Alabama One Hotline. And joining us with Hank of two four seven Sports and Bama Online Recruiting. Hey, moving on from Ke- uh, Keon Keeley and looking forward to Eldrick Hill. He moved up his commitment to Monday. Is that a good sign for Alabama? How, how are we sitting with him? Yeah,
5: I, I think it is. Um, you know, he 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 had been kind of uh, anticipating a uh, late September decision date, um, but he decided uh, a couple nights ago that. Uh, he was gonna end up doing it on Monday the twenty August twenty second. Um, I, I talked with him a little bit, you know, he said he just couldn't wait. You know, he he's he's made up his mind's been made up for a while. So, you know, he figured, you know, get it out of the way before his senior season. Uh, but I, I do think Bama's in a good spot for him. Uh, you know, a lot of schools are recruiting him really hard. Bama's been recruiting him, you know, for hard for, you know, the last six, seven months. You know, he's been a, a guy that, you know, they they've been wanting in this class pre-all this Peter Woods, Kelby Collins um, development. So um, definitely a big target. I know Oklahoma's pushing really hard for him. They have his teammate committed. Um, LSU, USC, or two other schools he officially visited over the summer as well. But I, I think is in a
3: good spot for him um, ahead of Monday ahead of Monday night's decision. All right. And then, of course, Alabama got the big commitment from Ryan Polita, massive offensive lineman out of California. And this makes the fifth offensive lineman in this recruiting class, and none of these guys are or little guys. What do you think it is about Alabama making such a big push along the offensive line? Yeah, you know,
5: I, I think it's just you know entering this class, it was a big priority position. You know, we're seeing the offensive line get retooled this uh, this fall. You know, the, with with NFL draft losses. You know, with with, uh, with younger guys having to step up now and. Um, you know, I think it's just, you know, it's important. I think Eric Wolford's philosophy has, has kind of factored into the mix with um, with the type of offensive linemen they're recruiting. Um, and, you know, they're just – they're beefing up for sure. You know, Raymond Polito, uh, Miles McVay committed a couple of days prior to him. Um, so they're really getting, um, you know, guys that um, can pretty much bully, bully others, um, you know, in the trenches. So uh, I think them is really excited about them. You know, they have five offensive linemen committed, like you said. Um, could very well be done along the offensive line you know I, you know they could call it a day there and, and, and work with those five guys uh, but at the same time you know they're still recruiting some other offensive linemen um, some tackles like uh, Samson Okunlola Monroe Freeling um, you know maybe some of the guys that are committed already Caden Proctor you know he was a guy that had Damon in his top two before he committed elsewhere so uh, yeah, big time offensive line haul so far, um, and we'll, we'll see. You know, if, if that's it or if they
3: add one more. And bringing it back to the in-state guys, James Smith and Quay Russo. One's a five-star defensive lineman, the other one's a five-star air rusher. They cut their list down to six. Alabama is included in that list along with several other NCC schools. How's Alabama standing with those two guys?
5: Yeah, I think is in a good spot for them. Um I say that now on August eighteenth, you know, August twenty-seventh, we, we could see another team trending. You know, I, I think things are going to change several times for them between now and when they announce in the early signing period. Um that's not to say, you know, they don't end up signing with Bama. I think is probably the team with the inside track, but I think it's gonna be one of those recruitments where, you know, they take a visit, that team starts to to garner some buzz. So um, you know, in the top six, solid position. You know, I, I like where they stand right now. For both Smith and Saw, they're going to sign with the same school, so they're they're a package deal. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens throughout the fall. There's going to be some twists and turns, but you know, I think if signing day were today, um, I, I think both those guys are, are picking Alabama, in my opinion.
2: All right, man, that's good stuff, X. Good stuff, Hank at, at Hank South Two Four Seven Sports Bama Online recruiting um one of the things is knowing where your uh, strengths lie and of course x is uh, so much more up on this recruiting than i am uh so uh he he got some really good questions in there um now you may not have any response to this but i I tell our listeners to send us questions uh and and so uh curtis was asking who is the last significant player to come out of gardendale I, and the only player I know out of Gardendale period is Willie Wyatt. Uh, no guard back from when I played, so I don't even know. Is are there any guys uh, at Gardendale now, or have you heard of any guys in the past few years?
5: Um, I'm trying to think. I keep I kept thinking uh, the quarterback, but he was a Gordo. I just think Gardendale yep. Gordo yep. Yep. with the G. But uh, isn't that where Jordan
2: Howard where went? Think I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't know who is Jordan Howard.
3: <laughs> running,
2: he's running back. Went to UAB when they shut
3: the program down. He went to Indiana played in with the Bears and the Eagles.
2: Yeah, it's very, oh, yeah. very possible. He he ended up getting a big shot in the arm when he left UAB and went to Indiana. End up being a pretty good, pretty good running back. But hey, here here's, here's a question I do have uh, in terms of um, you before we let you go. When you look at uh, and, and and we did get confirmation. Jordan Howard did go to Gardendale, so I guess he'd probably be the last big name. Uh, but uh, Hank, when it looks when we look at uh, this class, um, how does this this? It's not unlimited, but I think they can sign up to thirty seven kids or something like that this year. Um, how is that playing out uh, with the whole roster transfer and all that? Do they literally get to sign thirty seven kids? Um, and they all a part of this class. How does that work? How's that going to work?
5: Yeah, I, I'm curious to see. You know, come uh, come crunch time when, when you know final decisions need to be made. You know, got to factor in transfer portal with, with kids if you want to save a few spots there. But yeah, um, to my knowledge, the cap has kind of pretty much been lifted. The only cap they have to abide by is the 85 limit. So you know, you can sign more kids, but that's going to make for, you know, some roster turnover that you're going to have to have to stay under the 85 man limit. So, um, you know, if, if, uh, if schools are anticipating, you know, a wave of kids transferring out, maybe they're a little bit more liberal in their approach with, uh, you know, signing kids in the cycle. But, you know, if you, if you've got a, a loaded roster and, you know, you're not really sure how position battles are going to play out or, you know, if kids are going to decide to leave, you know, maybe you have to be a little bit more conservative and careful. So, um you know we'll we'll, we'll see um I, I think it kind of takes a little bit of the stress away from you know can we take a kid now you know if, if it's a, a spot or two that you're worried about you know maybe that takes a little bit away the stress and in, in the numbers game um but uh you know overall I don't think we're going to see these like mass I don't think we're going to see 37 man classes I think that would just put too much of a burden on coaching staffs to make sure they're under the 85 unless you know like I said they had like 25 kids transfer out so you have a lot of room. Yeah. You need to you need to sign that many kids. So um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. You know, maybe we'll see the all time class record broken every year now if we're to see if we're going uh, to see you know thirty plus commitments in classes.
2: Yeah, you know, Alabama lost like eighteen to nineteen guys to the transfer portal plus the guys going into the league. So they have yeah. more guys to replace than they ever have. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Hank, tell our listeners where they can find you, sir.
5: Yeah, Bima Online.com.
2: Um, Charlie Potter, Travis Ryer, Kirk and Nair, they're all doing a
5: lot of great team coverage right now with fall camp happening. They're posting stuff daily. Um recruiting's in a dead period, but like we've we, we've seen plenty of news. There's always something. Um, and then it'll obviously pick back up come September with visits starting back again. mean, um, my Twitter handle is at HankSouth247.
2: All right. That's at HankSouth247. Best follow in recruiting. Uh, our weekly guest right here on the Martin Houston show with Martin and Xavier. Thanks Hank. We'll catch up with you next week, sir.
5: Yes, sir. Thanks guys.
2: All right. Coming back on the other side, we'll have the empowerment ministries Christian moment of the week with Scotty Hollins right here on your home for Alabama sports.
1: Tide 100.9 traffic. From the of Nissan, traffic's at everything pretty quiet on the roadways as we start our Thursday morning. Of course, if you do see conditions, give me a call, 205-886-8886. Hey, have you registered for the blood drive this Friday at Townsend Nissan from 1230 to 430? Go to Townsend Nissan Facebook page and register. All blood types are needed, so come and help out. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. Good Thursday morning. We told you yesterday the Tuscaloosa City Council passed an ordinance requiring queuing fees for bars and restaurants. The plan is an attempt to bring order and safety to large crowds attempting to get into establishments along the Strip. Now, they worked with business owners like Buffalo Fields to reach an agreement. Most of the owners think it's a great idea for public safety. Businesses will initially have to pay a $100 fee for queuing permits. Click TuscaloosaThread.com
0: for more local news, sports, and weather coverage. I'm Don Hart. Interact with The Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904. Yeah. Tuning into The Martin Houston Show on Facebook.
2: Welcome back here to The Martin Houston Show with Martin and Xavier. It's now time for our Empowerment Ministries Christian Moment of the Week with Scotty Hollins. Empowerment Ministries presents Awakening. Uh, Awakening happens tonight at 630 at the Link. At 630 at the Link, 16 Watermelon Road, uh, right there in Northport, right next door to uh, the church of Tuscaloosa, across from uh, the uh, rodeo stable. So come out, enjoy a great time of intimate worship and preaching of God's Word. Uh, Empowerment Ministry presents Awakening right now, Empowerment Ministries presents Scotty Hollins, Executive Director of Blueprint Ministries. Good morning, Scotty. Hey, Martin, how are you doing this morning, man? I'm doing well, man. I want to kick it to you real quick so you can give us uh, that jolt of uh, energy we need on a Thursday uh, to uh, incorporate our faith into the boardroom, the classroom, or wherever our chosen field of play is.
6: Awesome! Uh, glad to partner with you, Martin. And uh, as we continue to you know look through our our, our uh, new series, uh, did God really say? Uh, I want to really you know put put our attention back on on the statement you just made. You know, as we seek to incorporate our faith into the boardroom, the classroom, into or into our chosen field of play. Hey, guys, that is not possible unless, again, here we are reverse engineering what we did last week. That's not possible unless we guess what obey God's word in other words, we're not going to represent him well if we're not walking in, in obedience to his truth. well guess what we can't walk in obedience to his truth if we don't believe his truth okay all right so so and we can't believe his truth if we don't know what his word know what his word really means like if we don't, haven't you know experienced understanding what God really meant when he said what he said but guess what we can't know what he meant when he said what he said if we don't even know what he said. So starting back over, we got to know what God says. We got to know what he means, be able to interpret it. We got to choose to believe it. And then we got to choose to follow it. It's that simple as we seek to uh, represent God, as we seek to, you know, uh, be his ambassadors uh, in the ballroom, in the classroom or our chosen field of play. So I, I got to. So think about this. As a result, Satan comes and his 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 challenge, his temptation, his distraction is, did God really say? So he wants to make sure that we, you know, trying to detour us. But guess what? He didn't just do that to Eve. He did that to Jesus as well. Let me take you to Matthew chapter four and we see the same, you know, uh, Satan um, with the same tactic, hey, distraction, um, deception. Um, but he's, he's, he, he has a different opponent. His opponent, opponent isn't uh, Eve. It isn't Adam. It's Jesus. And so Here's what he says. Uh, Jesus had, uh, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus had gone into the, uh, he had fasted for uh, 40 days, and at the end of his fast, Satan was uh, tempting him and, and trying to deceive him. And he says this, he tells uh, uh, Jesus, hey, he says, hey, if you bow down and worship me, all right, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything you see. <laughs> and Jesus says, uh, it is written. Martin, what are he say?
2: It is written. It is written.
6: Uh-huh. He says, it is written, only worship the, bow and worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Hear that? So, 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 Satan, I just want to make sure you understand. The, the, the tactic he used against uh, Eve was to deceive her, to say, you know what? You want to know what God, do you know what God said? And she says, yeah, I know what he said. He says, well, since you know what he said, let me tell you what he meant. Let me interpret that for you. Satan tries the same thing with Jesus but to no avail. He, Jesus says, no, 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 no. I know you're telling me, you're trying to deceive me and then making me think I should do this thing. But I know what God's word says. I know what it means, what he meant when he said it. I believe it. I'm going to follow it. I'm only going to worship God and serve him only. The next time he comes at him, I'll just stop here with this. This the second time. He says, Hey man, uh, you so, so Satan basically said, since Jesus is using scripture, it is written what the word says. He's standing on truth that he knows he knows the truth he knows what it means he knows he believes it he applies it guess what Satan says you know what well since you're going to use Bible I'm going to use Bible Satan says hey why don't you you if you throw yourself off this mountain then um, Satan will I mean God will command his angels to to save you and he says "Um, you know and then uh, Jesus says it is also written so Satan uses a scripture by saying it is written Jesus says it is also written Satan used that scripture out of context Jesus corrected him and he followed God's truth. Here's the reality. There's nothing Satan can come at you, come at you with that we don't have a scripture that if we stand on it, we can uh, you know, withstand uh, all that he brings against us. The reality is we gotta walk in his truth. We gotta know what he says, know what he means, believe it, obey it.
2: Yeah, that is so awesome, Scotty. Last night I taught the youth uh, at the church uh, and it was about representing God and I broke it down and I said, represent means to represent uh mm. whatever and i took a, a, a dollar bill and and asked a kid to come up and get it and and then um and then i asked mm. him to be willing to give it away and when he gave it away i gave him two and oh um, wow look at that and and, and 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 then the kid who i gave that he gave it to gave it to another kid and then i gave that guy a kid and this was all unstaged date that, that's their response but i it taught them that every one of those dollar bills were the same they look the same wow, they walked the same that's and so. that's what it means to represent or represent and then you can't represent mm. unless you know what it says <laughs> and you mm. can't obey mm. unless you know what it says and so Man, it was a, a neat neat, neat lesson about. there but uh uh, just about we are called to represent the gospel or represent Christ, whichever way you want to say it. Mm. So, anyway, Amen. tell me where they can find you, sir. Absolutely, you can go to uh,
6: www.blueprintsustelusa.com. You can send me a message there and come straight to my email.
2: All right, man, that's Scotty Hollins. That was the Empowerment Ministries Christian Moment of the Week with Scotty Hollins. So glad to have him as our weekly gu- guest. Uh, that was a treat for you on this Thursday. Normally he joins us on Wednesday. So Scotty, we'll catch up with you next week. Same back time, same back channel on Wednesday, sir. All right. Hey, listen, awakening tonight, 630, 610 Watermelon Road. We want to see your face in the place. We'd love to have you come out and be a part community-wide, no specific church affiliation. Just a bunch of believers, seekers, and searchers getting together to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we invite you to be part of that service. I'm Martin Houston. That's X's and O's sports. Xavier Houston, part of the Martin Houston show. And Mason behind the glass, pressing all right buttons. Hey, stay tuned. Great radio all day long right here on Tide 100.9. Remember this trust in the Lord always. Lean not in your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Roll Tide out there, everybody.